<laughs> Sorry, Camus. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I got my COVID shot like two days ago, and my brain ain't working at all. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I don't care what anyone says, Colin. I think the shots have made me smarter. <laughs> that, that's it a lot. So, when, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it worked for you. Like, oh. so I, I know we're gonna we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about part two of the fatigue leader, and. Um, uh, which, which is which is a shift from our last one, a- and I got people. They're, they're still fooling me, crying, laughing about what happened when I went to the doctors. But I'll just leave it at that because people <laughs> need to go back to part one so they can understand part two. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're saying is is that if you miss. The two finger examination. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they, they, no, man. They, no, man. Oh, but I, I'm sorry. I, I am. I'm honestly messed up. I had my arm is so sore. So th- here's what happened. So ne- next week, next week, I'm uh, I'm going to Ottawa for. Um, for for meeting with the Canadian Chamber, it, it's actually their their AGM, and it's a, it's a big deal. Lots of people. I haven't really flown that much since COVID, but I'm, I'm going to be having these back to back to back trips. I got to be there, and then I got to be in Toronto, and then I got to be out of Colorado, and then I got like it's just like back to back to back. And I figured, you know, I I didn't qualify for my booster until I hit a certain age, so then I hit that age. <laughs> that that magic age and they said guess what you qualify so i said okay great but i wanted the the, the new one you, you know the new one that they got out the 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 one is the bi the bivalent one <laughs> it is not it is ha- it has such a cool name it, so so i went to the pharmacy so so first of all i, I booked online and uh, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get all of them. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the uh, COVID booster. I'm gonna get my flu shot. I'm gonna get a couple others. I figured I'm going out to war. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be toughened up, right? Be like the Universal Soldier. So I, I book, and they say, "Hey, listen. Most of the other stuff isn't in. We just got this 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 new one in." So. I said, okay, I'll take that. Now I know the pharmacist. Like we, we grew up through elementary school, high school, did some university. He went off to pharma, pharmacy school, whatever you call it. And um, so he's he's there. And so I said, okay, great. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this new one. But it's, it is a cool name. It's called the Spike. Bi- Sorry, hang on a minute. The Spike Vax Bivalent for Omicron. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> isn't that a cool name? Yeah, you the need spike. your chemistry degree for that one. <laughs> you know, well, you need, well, actually, you need a really deep voice to be able to say it. Right? He's the spike valence. You know, like spike facts, bivalent 
for Omicron. Like you feel like you're Optimus Prime, right? You know what I mean? Like I, I thought this is so. Um, I said, well, is this as, is this as bad as the other ones? Because you know I've experienced the pain after, which a lot of people don't experience pain. But you had some, didn't you? I had a lot of pain. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of pain, bro. <laughs> this this is no better. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, this it's, it's, it doesn't get any easier, man. And so it's a good thing I didn't get the flu in the other ones because uh, that would have been it. My arm was so sore. I went to the gym the next morning because they said, you know, moving around helps. It doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do a thing. <laughs> and I'm and I'm whining and I'm crying to everybody at the gym about how much my arm hurts. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I said, are you going to talk about this on the podcast? I said, I just might. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I had like meetings all day, like just back to back. And, and I, I go, I change after a workout and I mean, it hurt. I couldn't lift my arm to put the deodorant on. You know what I mean? Like the show. <laughs> to, make, to make it worse, <laughs> to make it worse. You ever run out, get to the very end of your deodorant stick, and there's like nothing yeah, left? Yeah, it's just a little bit left. <laughs> it's like you got the fingers. Together. Yeah, you got the, together. I got these fingers, and I can't lift my arm. And I'm, and I'm, I got, I got these fingers, and I'm trying to rub underneath my armpit with this, and I'm making this noise because it hurts. <laughs> and it starts to fall apart, and you yeah, got to put people, that together just <laughs> It's all on your fingernails and everything, but I'm working. I'm working. And people are like, are you all right? Are you okay? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm half crying at the same time. So, anyways. And then I got no sympathy. I got no sympathy for my wife, who doesn't, this doesn't seem to bother as much. Like, it, it, the spot, a little tender, and that's it. No, no problems really after that. I got no sympathy from her. She's like, do you want me to poke you? She wants to poke me in the shoulder. Just, just to make certain that you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, like, all that's the public service announcement is get your vaccine, right? Get, go, get, go get your shot. That That's the public service announcement. And ask for the spike vax bivalent. <laughs> It'll, it'll you'll be like little nanobots are running inside you because you're so, <laughs> so far. And ask your pharmacy for the one minus the pain. <laughs> Get a bottle of Tylenol on your way out. <laughs> I, I, think, know, I think it's a, I think it's a scam to sell Tylenol, man. <laughs> I I noticed every time I went to get my shot. Funny you would say that that there's a display of all these pain medication as you're walking. <laughs> Is that strategic marketing? <laughs> hey, man, somebody's making some cash. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know Tylenol and Advil and all those other uh, pain medication, pain relievers are usually stuck away in their own section. All of a sudden, they're brought yeah. out on displays. <laughs> well... You know, and I had asked about, I'd asked about, hey, you know, I'm at that age, right? And 
And uh, there's a whole bunch of things that happen when you hit that special age. Uh, we won't talk about it now. Yeah, 35. Yeah. <laughs> when you hit 35. When you hit 35. Very special age. Anyways. <laughs> so, so last, you know, I, I thought it was interesting because last time we talked, we were talking about fatigue, the fatigue leader, right? And um, and this is critically, this is critically important. I, it, we had, which is why we had to break this up. We really had to break up this this and and um, you know into two, three, or or, or maybe more uh, discussions and. You know, I, I I thought it was just reflecting on what we last talked about, and just the um, just kind of the definition of burnout. And, and Kay, you had lots of deep thoughts, and I know we're going to be talking about you know kind of switching the mentality here today. But you know, maybe just reflecting back, what what, what were your thoughts since we last talked about this, and in terms of just the the, the ineffectiveness and the, the effects that happen on the leader and those around them. Yeah, the biggest thing, Colin, that I think that we were uh, communicating is that fatigue does not mean or uh, usually go along with a lack of productivity and sound, clear judgment. And when you're in a role or a position of leadership, I think we have gotten so used to, if I'm not working 16, 20 hours, if I'm not going to the very last breath I have, I'm not a true leader. People won't respect me. Whereas I think there needs to be that uh, revisit of this for our body, mind, and spirit and being refreshed as leaders. All too often we think that when we present ourselves as the fatigued, tired leader, that that is a sign that we're doing everything that we possibly can to lead the group as best we can. Whereas I think it's counterproductive to effective leadership. Being refreshed gives us more clarity in thinking. We can be more uh, proactive. We can be more innovative. We have the opportunity to hear and listen more clearly and cleanly. Um, that, to me, is more about leadership uh, than trying to show that sort of North American, I have to work 16 hours in order to be effective. <laughs> I, I think we think more we do, the more time we spend on something, uh, the more effective we are. If we stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning and we send an email at 2 o'clock in the morning, people will see us as a great, strong, effective leader. Whereas I think we are we're putting ourselves on a path of being ineffective as leaders. It, there's, there's tons of evidence on this. and I, I mean, I've been... It's funny, I was just reading uh, an article called uh, The Boss is Not Okay. <laughs> and it's actually from the Institute of Corporate Directors out of the Director's Journal. What a title, eh? The Boss Isn't Okay. Um, and uh, and it's, just from the, it's just from the September, uh, September October issue. Of, um, and that's, again, from the Institute of Corporate Directors. And really interesting article because there is lots of studies done on this. And um, it just very much what, what you're saying, you know, the, you know, some of the things that they said is like, it's not easy being the CEO at the best of times, but even with the pandemic, it, it made everything so much harder. There was a, a study done by LifeWorks and Deloitte Canada, and they found 82% of senior leaders were at risk of burnout. And of these exhausted executives, 96% said their 
mental health had taken a hit. And, you know, they, the reason for some of these, they said the reason for, for this exhaustion stems from a sense of responsibility the leaders bear for the health and well-being of their employees. It, but it goes on. All their leadership skills went into overdrive. So there's been incredible burnout. And these, these executives had the highest engagement in, uh, demanded of them, coupled with the poorest health. So then sleeplessness, irritability, anxiety, loneliness, isolation, lack of motivation, and a desire for idleness and intense change can be signs of the deteriorating mental health. It was all, all attached to the fatigue that leaders were saying, I'm having this problem. And it was like, this is such an issue that boards of directors, Canadian boards of directors are making this a top issue and putting on the front page articles of, of uh, a magazine specifically for boards of directors of companies to watch for that from their senior leaders. Yeah, and uh, Colin, I think that article encapsulates everything we're trying to convey is that we are not able to problem solve. We're not able to be good caretakers and good stewards if we're not refreshed, if we're not mentally, emotionally, physically refreshed. We need that energy. We need to always have a mechanism or mechanisms of recharge on a daily basis. Who helps the psychologist? Who listens to the psychologist? I mean, you spend almost all your day listening to other people's problems, and yet you have to recess your own. You have to delay your own, and at some point, they manifest themselves because you're not doing what you're trying to do for the masses, and that's helped to alleviate their concerns and make certain that the road is paved very much clearly for them. Uh, I'm a, a firm believer that uh, I make my best decisions when I'm refreshed. I make my best decision on a jog, on a walk. Uh, I think more clearly when I'm out in fresh air and I'm able to get away from the environment that is kind of bringing the problems and challenges to you. And and all too often, if you step out of the office or you don't answer your phone at the time that people think you should, you're not an effective leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the but, <laughs> but, man, you've been, like, you've been in this spot before. Like, you've, you, you've, you've been a general manager, you've led people, you've had key responsibilities or sometimes you, I mean, you were pushed into these 14, 16 hour, you know, just major haul outs day after day after day and living at what sometimes can feel like 365. <laughs> and so when did you come, I mean, you used to come to realization something was happening to you or did you just wake up this way and just, I know you're brilliant, but did you just wake up smart or what? <laughs> No, uh, brilliant and me are the antithesis, antithesis of each other, but uh, I'll take I'll take the bald compliment, <laughs> the bald brother. <laughs> but but no, I you realize when you step away from things that you do have clear vision. You do see a lot of the mistakes that you made and the things that you are, you know, if you're very responsible as a leader, the things that you'll correct. I think one of the, the things that we don't recognize is the things that we invented to make our lives easier has probably enslaved us and made our lives more difficult. 
the cell phone. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have people that have this mentality, this level of importance, this always DEFCON 4 mentality that if you don't reply to them right away, that you're a neglectful individual. If you don't give them an answer right away, don't worry about deliberation. Don't worry about consideration of other things and other factors. Give me an answer right away. And when that ping happens on the cell phone, you have about 30 seconds to a minute. I might be generous and give you five minutes before you get an answer back to me. And how many times have you walked into a meeting or at a dinner or whatever and leaders are almost handcuffed to their cell phones? They're almost distracted by the technologies in their lives, and they can't get away from it. And you find that. I find that. And one of the things hey, you started walk into, to do you was... You walk into any restaurant, and you'll see that. You run into a restaurant, you see couples, they're having a date, and they're both on their phones. And, like, you texting the person across the table from you? Like... <laughs> and that's my biggest thing is, just like, when are you present to the current situation? And when have you given absolute undivided, we always ask students in classrooms for their undivided mm -hmm. attention. When as leaders have we truly given undivided attention to a task and have the ability to check it off and then move to the next task? Mm. Well, we were, we've been re rewarding multitasking for a lot. We thought that was like a cool thing. I can multitask. Like it was kind of like the bivalent of of <laughs> of, of doing work. Like I, I can do both. But I mean, there's been lots of neuroscience that shows you don't. You're not doing both at once. You're turning one on, and the other one's off. And and all you're doing is breaking up your attention and concentration, and exhausting yourself in the process. Exactly. We have not, and we keep, and that's the right word, in the process. I had the science background, and I always learned that things happen in steps and phases. You can't solve problem number two if you have not foundationally solved problem number one. And the next step allows you to keep manifesting until you get to a finish. I think that, as you said, that multitask generation that we've been tried to be programmed to be, has really made us less effective, has shifted our focus and our attention on what leadership really is, which is not necessarily just problem solving, but making certain that we are creative and innovative enough to answer to the people that we serve. And if we don't have an energy about us, our energy perpetuates itself in the group that we're trying to lead. And that negative fatigued energy, which is counterproductive uh, to the things that we're trying to accomplish, brings down the group. They're watching you. They're looking at the leader. And if I'm fatigued and I'm making I bad judgment after bad judgment because of my fatigue or my stress, it's going to manifest itself in the group yeah. and you're going to be less effective. Yeah. I mean, will you just... It, it it just beats up on the health of your mind. And, it, and then it just, it beats up on the health of your leadership team. I mean, those that are, because you're stressed, you're, that, that stress extends 
it extends to those who are also trying to, to, to serve and they're they're experiencing that stress you know that the same article um, uh, talk, talks about that uh, for a bit I'm, I'm gonna find it but I'm gonna keep, keep you going I'm gonna find that piece of the article here in terms of the uh, the, the, the tone and the impact on uh, on folks if I yawn Colin what might be the tendency of people in the group to yawn if I'm, I'm happy and lively yeah, exactly. <laughs> we always say in sports, energy is contagious. Positive energy is contagious. Negative energy is contagious. The sign of, and symptoms of fatigue are contagious as well. And we need to recognize that the overall health of the group sometimes stem from the apex, which is usually the leader or leadership. I'll tell you a brief story. I had uh, my first biology class ever in university. I had a professor. She would come in with a Diet Coke at 8 o'clock in the morning, and she was the most lively individual. And I'm going, who in the world have this energy at 8 o'clock in the morning? Like, really, truly, like... Maybe, maybe they're sponsors now that we gave them a plug. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, as, but as time progressed in that class, the energy in that 8 o'clock auditorium was unbelievable because she brought an energy, and the learning was almost contagious, and she, was, would, I would say, would be one of the best professors I had the opportunity of being taught by because of her energy, which made me more alive and made me more attentive, which made my retention and understanding of the material that much more. Well, that 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 becomes that becomes pretty obvious. I mean, I, I mean, so I, I hear you. I mean, when I, I walk in with somebody's, they're like Eeyore, and. Um, it got no energy. It doesn't take long until I'm kind of just, I either want to get out of the room or, or like I said earlier, take a nap. Um, but you're on some positivity. And you know what? Uh, we, we should bring, uh, there's a couple of folks we should bring on the show here that could talk about, uh, you know, the, the positivity in our, in, not just in our thinking, but um, how we set our brains up from a neuroscience perspective. Uh, on positivity and, 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 and how to create some of that energy. But we'll, we'll come back to that. But but to your point, um, yeah, it, it, it is infectious, at the very least contagious, uh, whatever that person's coming in. So you yawn, I'll, I'll yawn too. <laughs> and that is leadership too, <laughs> in, in the wrong direction. <laughs> I, I asked a question. So the in. expectation, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I, I uh, uh, my, where, where I was, my, my next question on this was really, if you observe this, say you're a, a board director or, or, or you're a CEO and you've got people under your care, where you're beginning to absorb, to observe some of this behavior. And I mean, it's, it's not, it's not something we necessarily do intentionally. But it happens. We've developed it. Some of it's cultural influence. Some of it's circumstantial. Some of it, we're just, we're afraid that 
especially when we get in the most senior levels that, hey, if I don't, if I don't show them grinding, someone's going to think I'm lazy. If I don't, you know, if I don't take my vacations, <laughs> um, or if I do take my vacation, someone's going to think, well, you know, why, why you need to take all this vacation for? Um, what, what does, what does somebody do? Like, I mean, part of it is recognized, but, but what do you actually need to do either for somebody or if you recognize it in yourself? You know, to me, I think the, the biggest thing is when you recognize uh, fatigue or you recognize that there, there's an energy depletion or deficit that we have to call it what it is and we have to try our very best to try to mitigate it. it it's okay as a board member to recognize that um, the board is tired or a chair is tired or an executive director is tired. And now it's incumbent of us to take actions that will allow us to put that individual on a path of refreshment, re-energizing, send them away on a sabbatical, send them away to one, recognize the problem, two, validate the problem, and three, take steps to help them get back on that path. Uh, because if we don't, that boulder rolling downhill is going to be very hard to stop. But we have to be attentive for that purpose. Uh, even Colin, what uh, I'm going to suggest after that is, is that it's always the right time to re-energize. Regardless of the circumstance or situation, it's always the right time. And people may think, oh my God, in a crisis situation, obviously adrenaline is going to work and we need to solve that problem. But if you're going for days, weeks, months trying to get somewhere and you're not getting there, it's okay to take a step back, to pause. The problem may not go anywhere. If it's an emergency situation, you do what you have to do. But in a non-emergency situation where we know that time may afford us the opportunity, it's okay to take a pause. It's okay to say that the problem is gonna be here a day or two from now, let me take a step back refresh and then during that period of time more often than not the answers come to us yeah but i i think to maybe to add to that it's it's not just saying hey you know it's okay to take a pause i, I think we need to we need to systematize that like we have to build in deliberately build in actions that allow that to happen and you know, I'll, I'll refer back to that, um, to that same article, um, where, you know, they comment on the challenge for organizations is, is really establishing new processes to monitor, to monitor for this sort of thing. Uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. Healthy people, um, are fulfilled socially, emotionally, psycho psychologically to perform better over the long term. Uh, the article seals and boards need to learn how to lead with the mental health of the of that of that leader, um, performance requires mental health. Mental health requires practice, and it's really in that space I think that you're getting. And it's not just here's permission, but we've got to learn to practice these things. Um, the article goes on to say, "What I've learned about mental health is that you've got to take care of it. You got you're accountable for your to yourself. You have to own it because I'm still working on this myself." But what people forget is that titles don't mean anything. 
We're just humans trying to do the best we can. We've got to practice these things. And, and I'm, I'm kind of preaching to myself at the same time. It's, I, I have to build in some really purposeful, meaningful, and deliberate uh, ways to, to, to separate, to uh, maybe have a bit of distractions, hobbies, whatever it might be necessary, walks, to give myself that space to, to re recoup and recover and to be ready again. And Colin, What's if you me? took your staff, how do you, how do you, have can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, to me, I yeah. think I tried my walk after practices. I will remember this clearly. When I was a defensive coordinator with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, again, another plug, we might get some <laughs> sponsorship from it, but uh, when I was a uh, coordinator, <laughs> I, after practice, I made certain that the assistant coaches on the defensive staff and I walked around the stadium three or four times. And all we talked about were things that we could correct and improve. We talked and we decompressed while on a walk. And the energy and the effectiveness of those conversations were so much more obvious than when you're sitting in the office and in a boardroom or with the clicker in your hand. We were much more creative, we were much more effective, we were better listeners, and we had an opportunity to really, really, really dive into the challenges and find a solution. That's when I start to recognize and realize about 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago that we need to step away from the norms of the boardroom and find more creative ways of incorporating mental health into our, our process of decision making. That's uh, that's deep. My only problem is that you had to use the, the blue bombers as an example. You, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, 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 before the end of the program, we'll mention a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the teams. <laughs> we, you better balance this one out, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'll figure a way of working it in. <laughs> we'll figure a way of working it in. Oh man, no, no, this this is good. So, um, hey, what what's your what, what would be your thoughts on on a maybe on a future cast that we we bring in maybe a couple of experts that might speak to some of this stuff. I think it would be a fantastic uh, idea and, and also bring in leaders that may have experienced fatigue and how it has affected them and how not only did it affect the leaders, but the people in their leadership and the people in their care. Uh, not Our energy, again, not only affects us, but it affects everyone around us. And I think it would be a brilliant idea to have those people come and join us. Okay. Well, why don't why don't we do that? 
why we do that. Um, you and I got um, both got some, some some networks of folks that uh, I, I I think would be absolutely fantastic. Um, they could speak to the neuroscience of it. They could talk from the from a we'll get some folks to talk from the experiential side. Like you said, the um, when they realized what the effect was on them, how they overcame that. I think that's really important, particularly for, for folks who are listening to this that are thinking, hey, I'm, I'm either starting as leader or I'm an advanced leader, or I, I mean, I'm just learning, right? I'm just learning. And, um, and I'm beginning to recognize that when you're in leadership, particularly at the, you know, if you're in a, a CEO position or you've got the inspiration to get to that role, you end up wearing this stuff 24 seven, 365. And you know, the, the biggest threat to you is figuring out how do I manage this? How do I manage myself through this? Cause your longevity will be quickly curtailed if you don't figure it out. And you know, there's, there's lots of articles on it, but well, what we do is we'll get, we'll get some folks to talk about that. Um, uh, and uh, come on the show and give us some insight. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Yeah, and, and um, I, I think um, I think one of the best examples I have, Colin, is when I was with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, <laughs> Coach Kenny Miller. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Coach Miller. Coach yeah. Kenny Miller. Yeah. <laughs> he he would come in at the end of the day. And, and check on all the coaches and very quiet walk but you can hear him greeting everyone as he come through the hallway and my office was almost in the middle and he used to call it the rumpus room because that's where <laughs> all the fun happened <laughs> you can hear him <laughs> saying hello to all the coaches and as he approaches my office he would come in and knock, come to the door and knock, and he says, how's the rumpers room today? And a couple of players or so would invariably, or other coaches would invariably be in my office and we'd be chatting and, and or scheming or whatever. And Coach Miller would just stand, listen, and we can feel his positivity and his energy. Later on the day, and Every day, this is almost the case. Later on in the day, it's probably eight, seven, eight, nine o'clock. Coach would come and go. Time to close up the rumpus room, guys. You're not going to solve any problems when you're tired. Better to start up, start over tomorrow morning. And that was the kind of leader that really made me start to think that he has it right. He doesn't want us there till 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning just to be there and justify our existence and justify being a coach. He wants us to be problem solvers and the best we can be for the players. And it translated into us going through some very difficult times and navigating our way to being a first-place team. That kind of leadership, that kind of energy, that kind of awareness, that fatigue staff, is not going to be an effective staff. Well, I'm glad you finally used an example with a team that, that we could all really get behind. <laughs> <laughs> now we have, we have seven other teams. We have seven other teams that we're going yeah, to Yeah, now we got everybody else mad at us. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everybody else is mad I at won't us. mention the C word. Those two bald dudes are in trouble now. We're not going to be able to. How, how do you walk the streets of Edmonton? <laughs> next episode. Next episode. What? Next episode. Make a note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. We better, you better bring, you better bring some players on or something. Uh, we'll, we'll figure this one out. Um, well, hey, listen, now we, we should, we should wind up. <laughs> I got to put some more ice on my, on my, on my little sore spot on my shoulder. <laughs> I'll let the bivalent kind of work through the veins. I, I got a question for you, though, before we go. Uh-huh. How many people have sent you photos of the porta potty? I need an update. From the porta potty? <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, uh, and, and I'll put it. It, 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 that, that porta potty is only going to be out there for about one more week. I, 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 I met with the contractor just briefly today. Everything's on track. We, we, we should get the keys after next weekend to move back in. So um, we, I've had a few. I've had a few people, you know, take a photo and text it to me or something. But um, uh, even my mom came by and she stood in front of the thing. So. Uh, if uh, so, if you're out there and you hear this thing, you better hurry and get your picture. <laughs> but I, I have had a few games, guys. <laughs> the countdown, the countdown to Collins Porta Potty leaving is one week. <laughs> so if you live in Regina oh, or man, somewhere I nearby, am so eager to move back home. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like a sorry, Cavis. I'm I'm still living in the seniors' home over here right now, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> I am uh, I can't wait to get back in my own home studio and and um, yeah, I, I'm going to miss the senior center here. <laughs> that Anyways, is that in the Lawrence well. Thanks. Hey, Colin, stay ball. But they're all nice people, man. All right. Keep your head shiny. <laughs> okay. Hey, bro, stay bald. <laughs>